All right, well, we're going to be getting into God's Word, of course, and for that today, we're going to look at Romans chapter 12, verse 2. So if you would grab your Bible and get it opened uh, to that, that would be great. And as you're turning yourselves there, um, have you ever gotten to the place in your life where you just knew something's got to change? Something in my life is not in the place that it needs to be, and I need to see some transformation here. Maybe for you, it's been in the area of diet or exercise. I recently came off a vacation where I got after it in the food department, and uh, I've definitely been feeling that over the last little while. Need to change some of that kind of stuff, but uh, maybe for you, it's something like that, or, or maybe it's a sin issue. Right, it's straight up a sin issue that's become like this, this runaway freight train for you and the horse is out of the barn and you can't control it, you're way past that and, and maybe people don't even really know but you f- can feel your life coming apart at the seams and you're like, that's, that's got to change. For us, I know many of us suffer from things like anxiety, right, fear and worry and that's like a plague in your soul. It's a darkness and it, and it seems to just impact you every single day. It comes and it goes and it impacts the decisions that you make and you're like, that's, that's got to go. Maybe for you it's something like a spiritual discipline, right? It's, it's man, I, I got to like ramp up my prayer life. I need to get in the word or be more, you know, be more consistent in that or go deeper into it, whatever it is. All of us face these types of moments, right, where it hits us that, man, I need to get this thing fixed. This thing needs to turn around. I need to see some serious growth here in my life. I need to be, again, I think the word is transformed. I need to be transformed. I don't just need to see a little bit of change here. I need wide, sweeping change. That is what I want. That is what I need. Okay, well, today what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at how to do that. Okay, how to do that well. How to do that biblically. All right, how do you and I actually change? Have you ever asked that question? I'm sure you have. You've tried to change and maybe you just kind of keep falling back into things or you're finding it's harder than you'd hoped it would be. But practically speaking, I think practical is what is really helpful here. How do I, how do you and I grow in an area that has been a problem? What is my responsibility in this versus, you know, what's the Lord's responsibility in this process? You know, how can you and I truly get to this place where we actually function and live as God intended us to? With, with things like joy, actual joy permeating us, right? With, with gratitude and, and, and confidence in the Lord, peace. Man, do we want peace, right? Out of a strong realization of the identity that God has given us as believers. Okay, so like I said, what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at this verse today. Now I know it's just one verse. You're like, man, you've promised a lot here, pastor. And we're going to look at just one verse. Well, this is a this is a verse that is packed full of amazing information, okay, on 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 how to change, what transformation really looks like. And so I'm going to read it for us now and then I'll pray and we'll be off to the races. And I'll just start off in verse 1, get a fresh start here. Romans 12, it says, "I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And then here's our verse. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. 
that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Oh God, we come before you uh, today, and Lord, we all know if we're being honest, there is more than one thing that needs to change. Lord, there are a lot of things that uh, need to grow, need to get better, need to be transformed, and Lord, we want to start off by thanking you and praising you that you do that. You work in us, Lord. Those whom you have justified, you sanctify, Lord. You will grow us. You will change us. Father, I pray for anybody in here this morning who is is discouraged in this process, who has given up hope in this process, or is blind and doesn't realize that they need to change and grow. Lord, would you have mercy on us today? Lord, would you encourage us? Would you pour out grace upon grace Would you fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord? Would your Spirit come now and do a work of transformation in our hearts? Lord Jesus Christ, we need you. We can't do this on our own, Lord. We admit that. And so we come before you needy. That is the right place to be. God, be glorified in everything that we cover today. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. All right, well, here we go. Jumping into a first of three things today. I think we're going to have this kind of thing on the screen for you, but... Here it is. I can truly be transformed okay, when I first determine the ways that I've conformed to this world. Okay, this is really, if you think about it, this is the first step of transformation. Okay, and if you and I really want to change, if we're, if we're serious about that, okay, then we need to be properly aware of, of what the problem is exactly. Right? Do, we, do we think deeply enough about what the issues are deep down? Or do, or do we tend to look at that in a, in a surfacey way and really just look at the symptoms and the outward issues as those are really the most obvious things? Do we think more deeply than that, though? Well, this verse, again, it really helps us. Take a look at the first part of it. We're going to unpack it in three parts, but here's the first part. He says, right out of the gate, do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world. That word conformed there, uh, it means in compliance with. Okay, in compliance with, with, with rules or standards or, or, or laws. Okay, meaning here that, that, that the world, okay, the world out there, they have their, their ways of, of thinking, right? They have their beliefs about how to do things. They, they have their ways of behaving and, and they're even driven by, by certain desires that you and I as believers know are straight up out of line, okay, with, with the way that God would have us live. Okay, it's contrary to the, the Lord's ways. We're not to become like that. We're not to conform to that. Okay, now, in the original language here, that word conformed actually brings with it, uh, I think, something that is very helpful for us. It, it carries with it this sense that, that when you conform to something, okay, an inner change has occurred. Okay, something has happened inside of you. Which I think makes sense, right? When, uh, you know, what we do and, and how we act and behave on the, on the outside, it's, it's never just an external thing, right? That, that's never the case. It, it's always flowing from something that is going on inside of us, right? In our hearts and in our, in our minds. Okay, so let me give you an example of this. Go into your favorite coffee shop. Okay, I'm sure all of us have very let's be honest, strong opinions about coffee, right? Something as simple as coffee. Some of you are like, 
Tim Hortons all the way. Right? And, and, and you, you, know, you stop at Tim Hortons on your way to work in the morning because you, know, you, have, you have beliefs about their coffee or you have beliefs about it's convenient or maybe it's a little bit cheaper than Starbucks. Others of you are like, no, Starbucks is the way to go and I'm going to go out of my way. It's worth it to pay a little bit more money because I like Starbucks or any other one-off chain that might be your favorite. Okay, I was just in Muskoka a little, bit, a little while ago and they're like, Starbucks? Like that, that's a city drink. Like, I will drink my Tim Hortons. In fact, I'll even have coffee from a gas station before I have Starbucks. Others of you are like, coffee shops? Right? Out on that, I will, I will make it at home because I can make a better coffee than any of them. Right? And you've got your Chemex and, and, and you, pour, you weigh everything out, the water, the beans. It's like a chem lab in your kitchen. Right? We all have very strong opinions about coffee. What I'm trying to say here is that what we do, going to get a coffee, flows from what we think, right? Thro- flows out of what we believe and even what we want, okay? So think about it like this. If you want to be transformed in the area of, let's say, anger, okay? Or, or maybe it's, it's sexual immorality. Perhaps for you, it's fear or, or some addiction, it could be a bad eating habit. It could be watching too much TV. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Okay, but in that, the, the issue is not just the external act of, of giving in to those things, doing those things outwardly. The issue is that somewhere inside you, you have conformed to the world. Okay, in your, in your thinking, in your beliefs, and, and even in your desires. Okay, and out from those inner thoughts and beliefs and desires, you've chosen now to act in, you know, outwardly in world-conforming ways, right? Instead of God-conforming ways, which as followers of Jesus Christ, we know deep down his ways are the best, right? We already know that. Okay, so as you kind of consider where you're at spiritually this week, Really start thinking here with me carefully, carefully and, and, and determining the different ways that you have conformed to this world. And, and while you'll likely come up with, you know, a, a number of, you know, those outward issues, like it could be gossip for you and you've got loose lips in that way, or it's, you know, I've been really impatient with my kids, or, or man, I've been, I've been cold towards my wife, and, and, and you, those outside actions... Again, really start to think about what's going on inside you. The thoughts and and the beliefs and even those desires behind those actions. Because, I mean, that's where the root of all of these issues are really found. Again, it would take some careful thought for you to determine these things. It's very helpful for you. This is what I've started doing. I've started grabbing a a journal. I used to journal years and years ago, got away from it for a long time, but I'm kind of getting back into it a little bit and just starting to write down what is it that I really believe? What is it that I'm really thinking about? What's, What's driving my outward actions? Something about journaling I just find helps me kind of slow down my thought process and unpack things a little bit. It's like slowing down the video and going frame by frame and and, and really getting into it deeply. It helps me to focus on the right things. Again, it really takes some careful thought to determine what all these things are. Because remember, how you and I are conformed to this world begins internally in what we think, in what we believe, in what we desire. 
that we discover what, what those things are, we discover where those things are off and where they're out of line with what is true and what is good and what is right in God's eyes and in his word, okay, then we can attack the problem. Right? Then we can, can really begin to see transformation take place and, and, and happen in a way that starts to affect us outwardly in the way that we think and, and the way that we act and actually live. Now, I've got a verse for you here that I think kind of helps us understand what we've just sort of said and where we're actually going. I think it bridges these two thoughts together. Romans 8, verse 6, and I'm not sure, but we might even have, yeah, that we do, have this verse on the screen for you. But look what it says, the first part there. For to set notice, the mind, right? To set the mind on the flesh is death. Have you thought about this week where your mind is set? See the importance of the mind in this verse? You want to set your your mind on the flesh, that's not going to get you anywhere good. It's going to lead you to to death. But notice the last part of this here, but to set the mind on the spirit is what? It is life. It It is peace. Where we set our mind is so, so, so important. Again, like I said, all of this really sets us up here for the second thing this morning, I can truly be transformed when I renew what I think about and actually believe. Okay, so if the first step of, of transformation is, is determining what's, you know, what's biblically off about my thinking and my, and, and my beliefs and my desires, then the second step is to get those, thi- those thoughts, those beliefs, those desires set on the right things, right? Just like Romans 8, 6 kind of talks about. And that's what this, uh, the rest of this verse, or the second part of this verse, I should say, gets at. Romans 12, 2, second part. Do not be conformed to this world. Okay, got that. But, but be transformed by the renewal of your, of your mind. Okay, now, now notice how, how kind of baked right into this verse here, the responsibility that is placed on us. Okay, notice that. Okay, there's, there is uh, an action here that, that you and I to are, are, are to engage in. We're, we're, we're to get our minds renewed. Okay, now along with that, of course, we know this. It's the Holy Spirit who enables this change, right? Who brings about this, the, you know, the, the, and into effect the transformation that we're going for, that we're working towards. Okay, so it's us and the Lord engaged in the process together. It's this divine human cooperative. Okay, that's a a huge part of what it means to be in a relationship with God, right? It's two parties at work with with grace kind of bringing it all together. It is by God's grace. Okay, so keep in mind, it's important that we notice that there and and note that because, because transformation is not just, you know, Pray that the Lord would change me and then stand back, do nothing, and hope it all just works out. Okay, don't, don't we pray those kinds of prayers a lot? Right? We get to a place of desperation. We're like, like, help me, Lord. And then we just, we want him to do it all. Now, there is absolutely a sense where we are at the mercy of God. Right? You read the Psalms and you see that. And we are at his mercy and we need his grace. Totally, uh, for sure. But I think sometimes we just, we kind of get lazy about it. We don't want to, we don't want to think we don't want to do what, what even this verse is urging us to do to renew our minds. We just pray these, these prayers to kind of make us feel sometimes, I think, if we're honest, that, hey, I'm doing the right thing. I've kind of done my part and that's it. 
and now it's all the Lord and not me. Okay, that's kind of one end of the uh, spectrum. That's kind of extreme. But neither should we be at the other end of the spectrum either, where we're just, we're just gritting our teeth and, and to change, I'm going to do this. It's like this self-help endeavor where I am going to change my life. I can do this. And we forget to pray. We forget to talk to other people and, and seek counsel and, and get into God's word and, and do all of that. Okay, those are both ends of the spectrum. And what the Lord and his word would have us here is certainly something different than that. Right? What we're shown here is that being transformed happens as our minds are renewed. Meaning that it's crucial, it is so critical that you and I learn to think about and make the choice to believe and then act upon what is actually true and good. Okay, that is so, so key for us. And I want to share with you now just a couple of verses that have helped me so much in this very process as I have been working through this in my own life. The first verse comes to us from Philippians 4 uh, verse 8 and 9. Now I know this will be a verse that is so familiar to many of us, but look at this again with me. It says, finally brothers, whatever is, what's that word? True. Right? Whatever is true, and then a lot of other words after it. Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, notice this. Think about these things. Do you see that? That jumped out at me like a year ago. I'm like, oh my word, I've been reading this verse all wrong, or I've been skipping over it or something. Whatever is true, that's kind of the word we're focusing on this morning, right? Whatever is true, think about these things. You've got to actively do that. You've got to put your mind through those exercises. But listen, the verse is not even done. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. What does this next part say? Practice these things. Practice thinking. Practice thinking about what is good and true. Okay? And honorable and all those other amazing words that you see there in that text. Think and practice these things. And notice what it says. The God of peace will be with you. You're not on your own. The God of peace will be with you, transforming you. How about Romans 6.11? So you must also, what's the word there? Consider. Consider means think. Right? So you must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Do you ever find that when you get stuck in kind of a sin habit, it feels just automatic. I'm not even thinking it through. I'm just giving into it. I'm following my flesh. I'm following the evil desire. I'm following the temptation. This right there is saying, stop. It's saying, consider something very important. I am dead to my sin through Jesus Christ. That is not how I live anymore. When you're tempted to go down that path, stop for a moment, hit the pause button on that, and say, no, that's not who I am. I'm dead to that way of thinking. I'm dead to those actions. I'm alive to Christ. I'm alive to God in Christ Jesus. Another important verse, I think, is Ephesians 4. It's two of them, verse 22 and 23. Look what it says. It says, To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, talking about what's in, what's inside, okay, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. 
Right? Very in line with what we're talking about here. I mean, you just see, right, the, 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 the critical importance placed on thinking about the right things. Thinking about what is actually true. Now, why do we, why do we need to do that? Why do we need to go through that process? Well, because you and I, we have the very unfortunate tendency of, of thinking about and believing things that aren't actually true. We do it all the time. We do it instinctively. You and I believe a shocking amount of lies. You might be really like, I'm a Christian. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think so. Well, let me give you a few examples here because these, these run deep. Any of these relate to you? How about this one? If I don't look attractive, I'll never have true value or be worth loving. Any of you think that way? Any of you get up in the morning and that's the permeating whispers going on in your heart? It happens for so many of us. That's a big part of the reason why, why some people are obsessed with eating right or obsessed with going to the gym or constantly buying new outfits and new clothing. They're trying to make themselves look a certain way because then, then I will matter. Then I will feel good. Then I will have value. Someone might give me attention. I will be important. And that's why so many of us are, are so down about how we look. Because we believe lies about that. It's been baked into our identity, unfortunately. And we think that's who we are. It's a lie. How about this? This crisis that I'm in will leave me permanently destroyed and beyond repair. You ever thought that? In a hard day, in a hard season, you go through something and you know it's changed you, right? You are broken in a way that you've never experienced before. It's amazing how quickly and how deep down that voice whispers to us that you'll never be okay again. You're, you're permanently destroyed. You will never be okay. And then there, then comes the bitterness, right? And, and the anger is right there or the depression can be right there as well. The anxiety because you believe, you actually believe deep down that you will never grow and heal through this. But once again, not true. Right? God is in the business of sanctifying. God is in the business of healing us, of making all things new. Believe what is true. Don't believe the lie. A couple more examples here. How about this? Dating an unsaved person isn't that big a deal probably won't have any serious consequences. You sure about that? You're setting yourself up for pain. You're setting others up for pain as well. It's simply not true. Here's one more. This thing I've been praying for just hasn't gone the way I've liked, and so it must mean that God isn't truly good or, or care about my well-being. Once again, incorrect. But you know what that's like, right? I've prayed, I've prayed. I want this thing. I'm desperate for it. God, give it to me. And he's quiet. Or it doesn't happen the way you want it to. And so instinctively, you start to believe God doesn't care. He's not listening. Maybe it gets even worse. Maybe there isn't a God. Again, none of this is correct. None of this is, is true. Sometimes the Lord withholds things for us for our greater good because he knows what is best. His ways are not our ways. He is wise. He is all wise. 
Believe what is true. To be transformed by the renewal of your mind means to learn to to consciously and intentionally think about and actually make the decision. Make the decision. Say it out loud if you need to. I will believe what is true instead. Stop listening to those lies. Stop listening to yourself. Start talking to yourself. Start preaching the word to yourself instead of just giving in to what are just straight up lies. Now you might be thinking, man, I've been a Christian a long time. I've heard all these verses. I've memorized them. I know the Greek even. And I already know the truth. I already get it. Well, my question back to you would be, do you? Do you really get it? Because my, my pushback to that would be that we tend to, to know truth in a very, very surfacey way sometimes. It's very head knowledge type way. Okay, but in many cases, the, the, the truth of, of even a verse like that, right, it hasn't really sunk in deep where it genuinely governs our hearts where it governs our, our emotions and, and transforms our very desires that leads to practically behaving and living in ways that align with God's design and God's will. Listen, as we talk about these things, I'm so excited for you, okay? As you start to wade into these things a little bit more deeply, because like I alluded to earlier, this has been so good for me. It was about a year ago after having uh, some conversations with some friends and some dear friends and, 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 and reading and, and just spending some time with the Lord that I started to realize, man, I, I believe an awful lot of lies. I really do. And, and, and those lies got to go. They got to stop governing the way that I live and the way that I feel and the way that I behave and, and, and all of that. I need to replace them with what is true and what is pure and what is lovely i got to be transformed by the renewal of my mind, by, by thinking about and actually choosing to believe God's truth instead. And again, I think this is so exciting because it's very doable. Don't, don't listen to anything I'm saying and think, man, this is just way beyond what I could, could ever handle. No, this transformation is not out of reach for any person here, any person watching this, anybody at all. Again, it's about first, got to identify those lies. What are those? You know, that have me conforming to the world's ways, right? That's kind of the step one part, and that's about renewing my thinking, kind of changing my, my thinking, my, those, those deep down beliefs that I have so that they're actually anchored to the truth of Scripture so that I can discover the, the awesomeness of what, of what living according to God's will is really like. Okay, and that's the, the final thing here for us. The last part of Romans 12, verse 2. I'll read it from the beginning again. Let me say the point. The point is I can truly be transformed when I experience that God's will really is the best thing ever. Okay, so here's verse 2 again. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Okay, we looked at that. Now this, look, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, I think the, the English translation of that part of the sentence there is just a touch clunky, okay, if I'm honest. Okay, the original language, which is the Greek, okay, conveys the idea that as, 
as, as you and I are transformed by the renewal of our minds, okay, the will of God, which itself is good and acceptable and perfect, because, becomes something that we experience in our lives as the greatest thing ever. Right? That's, that's really it. That's what it's meant when it says that by testing you may discern. Okay? As, as our minds are renewed in the truth, we'll find or, or we'll discern through experience, through testing, okay, that God's will really is superior to any other way that we would choose to live on our own. Okay? Far better than the world's ways. Far better than, than the world's lies, you know, which seem you know, to get us constantly sucked into Right? We end up thinking that, that well, those are the best. That's what I should be living for. That's what I should follow. We end up just pursuing all of that. Okay, so if you think about it, this is such a massive part of getting to a place of truly being transformed in the areas that we know need changing. Okay, it happens as we, as we experience, as, as we get a taste of how awesome God's will is. You had that in your walk before, you've started to follow him and you've realized, wow, this is so much better than how I lived before, right? You just heard the testimonies in the baptism tank, right? Like it is better to follow Jesus and to follow his will than to follow my own lame will, my own lame little mini kingdom, right? It's way, way better. It's the best. Here's how theologian J.A. Whitmer puts it. He says, as a Christian is transformed in his mind, and is made more like Christ, he comes to approve and desire God's will, not his own will for his life. Then he discovers that God's will is what is good for him, and that it pleases God, and is complete in every way. It is all he needs, but only by being renewed spiritually can a believer ascertain, do, and enjoy the will of God. Being truly transformed isn't just about ridding ourselves of poor thinking or, or ceasing to do the bad things or, or the wrong things anymore. Okay, I've, I've often thought of that as sin avoidance mode. Is that what your Christian life has become? Your Christian life isn't enjoying the awesomeness of God's will in, in its totality and living out the identity that he's given you and, and, and putting your hands to the task of the mission that he's given you. You're, you've got your life all wrapped up and I'm just trying to avoid sin. And as long as I kind of keep my neck, above, my head above water, I'm doing okay. So I'm trying to stay away from that, put my phone down and, and, and say nice words, I guess, to my spouse and all of that kind of stuff. But, but I'm not really living in a, in a full way for the Lord. Okay, being transformed is also about experiencing the goodness of believing what is true deep down now and having those beliefs catapult us with joy into actually living according to God's will for our lives. Which again, far superior, far superior to any other path that we could choose. It really, truly is the best thing ever. Like, have you ever imagined what life could look like if we put these things into action? If our minds were renewed? Have, have, can, can you picture what growth would look like? Or have you given up on that? Have you gotten so discouraged that you're like, this is just the way that it's always going to be? It's amazing how we do that, isn't it? 
I'm just so used to this. I've carried this burden. I hardly even recognize it anymore, but I'm just, I'm used to kind of just walking with this kind of limp all the time when I could be living in God's will and enjoying life and thriving the way that he intended. Like, just imagine with me here for a second, not being an emotionally anxious train wreck all the time. Why? Well, because now you live out of a proper understanding of your gospel identity, which is God's will. Right? You've learned to believe what is true about yourself, about who God says you are. And in that, you're now filled with peace. Peace that surpasses understanding when my circumstances are a tire fire. Right? I'm not emotionally anxious all the time. Imagine that. Here, imagine being free from the chains of anger. Because you actually believe deep down that God is sovereign. Right? That he is in control of your life. Which is now, now that you're believing the truth there, it's allowing you to release that, that sinful, anger-producing desire for control that you have. You're resting in his sovereignty. Can you imagine the, the healing that would happen in our marriages when our minds have been renewed, when our minds and when we have been transformed by the truth that God is the ultimate one who satisfies us and gives us that inner security. Instead of just, you know, sometimes we desperately try to find that ultimate security in the person we're in the relationship with. But because they're not God, right, because they're far from perfect, we just end up constantly feeling insecure and disappointed. Or imagine, imagine what life and, and what ministry would be like if we lived as a people who truly believed the gospel deep down. All the words that we just sung, can you imagine if we believed all of them truly? And they weren't just words that we, that we uttered. It wasn't just something we, we kind of mentally say we ascribe to, but deep down it is actually governing us. We believe the gospel, right? We believe that we are forgiven through what Jesus did. We believe that we are redeemed. Imagine the, the, the way ministry would look like if we truly believe that we are loved. Do you believe those things? Do you believe that through Christ's blood you have been justified and that through his Holy Spirit he is sanctifying you? He is growing you. He is continuing to redeem you. Do you believe that you are forgiven? Do you believe that you are loved? Do you believe these things? Just imagine what we'd be like if we did. How satisfied we would be. Not chasing after worldly things to try and fill the vacuum constantly over and over again. Imagine how grateful we would be. So thankful all the time. Not complaining. Not demanding more. Imagine how bold we would be in the gospel. Right? Going where God tells us to go. Sharing the good news with people. Not, not bowing to someone who has a stronger personality. Not bowing to somebody who has some whacked out set of beliefs. But because they're really angry about it, we just... No, we're bold. We're loving. We're gracious in all of it. Just imagine how effective we would be in the Lord's hands if we really did believe. Again, all of these things are just examples of experiencing God's will at work in us. 
right? As truth is applied and our minds are renewed. It really is the best thing. Listen, I want to pray for you now and invite you to begin praying these things for yourselves as well and for your church and for this city. So join me as I pray. Lord, we come before you and Father, I pray again that we would not be overwhelmed by the sheer amount of transformation that we would love to see in our lives. It's easy for us to get that way, Lord, and it paralyzes us. God, instead, I would pray that we would see how much greater you are than all of the brokenness that might be in us. Lord, all of the chips that are stacked against us Lord, you are stronger. You are greater. We just sang about these things. And so, Father, I pray that we would come away from here with courage. I pray that we would come away from here with with hope. Lord, I pray that we would come away from here with joy, knowing that you are renewing our minds, Lord, as we renew our minds in you. So, God, would you do this work in us? Father, would you continue to have mercy and pour out grace? Lord, thank you for this church. Lord, I pray that as they continue to grow and are transformed in the image of Jesus, their Savior, Father, I pray that the city of Mississauga and surrounding areas would notice. Lord, I pray that they would see it and they would say, man, something is different about that group of people. Lord, I pray that they would be drawn into personal knowledge of you. Lord, I pray that they would be drawn to their Savior pray that they would bow their knee. Lord, I pray that you would use us in this amazing mission. Lord, continue to work in us. Bring glory to Jesus Christ. It's in your name we pray all these things. Amen.